So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, lords and ladies, and blah, blah, blah. We are still, still, still working on the new intro, but nonetheless, it is season three, episode three of the world-famous, chart-topping, unfinished bathroom podcast. I am Chris, and I am not a carpenter. And I am Megan, and I am an alcoholic. Oh, that's good, Maggie. Yeah. My position hasn't changed. Did last night. That's so true, actually. We're spicing it up at our old age. Spicy. <laughs> well, I like it. Okay. I like it. Anyways, it's season three, episode three of the So I Married an Alcoholic podcast. I am Chris. I am an alcoholic. Go ahead. Just for old time's sake, and Maggie. I'm Megan, and I'm still an alcoholic. It's good. Nothing's changed in 30 seconds. That's right. That's right. We're in the last four years we've been together. Go ahead, honey. What would you like to talk about? Oh, I know you're dying to would, talk about finances, so you, let's just jump right into it. Should we thank the sponsors, though, first? Speaking of finances, our studio sponsor is Marlane Graphics, marlanegraphics.com for all of your printing needs. And our show sponsor is Realtor and a Baby, realtorandababy.com for all of your real estate needs. Go ahead, darling. Um, well, I don't really know where to jump off. Chris got a new gun. Okay, I mean, we can start there if you want to start there. Let's let's just, let's set it up a little bit better. Okay, so someone actually wrote to us a while back talking about um, us talking about finances and early sobriety. And I think when you talk about finances and talk about alcoholism, um, there's some parallels that run deep. Would you say that's true? I would absolutely, yeah. I would also say that I think a talk about finances reaches every single person out there um, because my mom always says, and I think this is so true, that it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, everyone's living a little bit outside their means. I think that's the American way. And I also think in light of what's going on in our economy with the inflation, even if things were a little more comfortable at some point for some people. I think everyone's feeling the tightening of the purse strings these days. A absolutely. I think that goes without saying, and I don't care if your annual salary is in the five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars $600,000 range. A gallon of milk is still damn near $5 a gallon. I literally almost lost my shit the other day when I had to buy the, li what's the little tiny, a pint? I believe it is a pint of heavy cream and it was almost seven fucking dollars. Yeah. Like that. That's ridiculous. Now, the only difference between, you know, the people that are living very, very well and the people that are not is that, you know, you still have to buy your your staples, if you will, the eggs, the milk, the cheese, the bread, the blah, blah, blah. The people that are making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Don't worry about that decision. Do I pay the mortgage? Do I pay the heat? Do I buy food? What yeah. can I cut back on? Yeah, and we're very lucky that we, uh, you know, we'll talk about our finances and how it's been a struggle, how it's, you know, been a struggle the whole time we've been together, I would say. Eh. And it's been peaks and valleys. Some days have been better than others. Eh, more valleys. Yep. Um, but we've always been able to 
feed ourselves, feed our children, keep a roof over their heads. So we really have no place to complain or pity us or anything like that because we are very blessed in that sense. Now, I want to also, I feel it's important to mention that Megan is a tad on the dramatic side. Okay. We both earn very good salaries. Yeah, that's what I just said. We have no place to complain. But I feel like you're going to, I don't know. I'm not going to complain. You were complaining earlier. Well, I'm going to complain about you, but not our finances. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's per, per usual. Complain away, darling. Um, I also, if I may so rudely interrupt you, darling, mm-hmm. I think we could sort of tie this in. I had a call from a friend of mine yesterday. Today is Super Bowl Sunday. Go Patriots. They're not even playing this year. Oh, well. Okay. They should be. I don't think so. Go Tom Brady. And his new life he has found. Oh, what a lucky man. <laughs> what's As a woman who's been married several times, what's going through Tom Brady's head right now? I don't know. Tom Brady, I guess, is feeling a little freedom. I hope he gets to eat a burger and really enjoy the good life. I don't think that's, that's, that's going to change. I can't actually speak to any of that because I, I don't follow that celebrity stuff anymore. I used to love it, but besides the 90 Day Fiance... I've kind of checked out of pop culture. Now she has to follow the poo around because the poo, unfortunately, has a large tumor on the center of his chest. I know. So, you know, speaking of finances, we're going to have to give the poo a a grade A burial. Yeah, poor poo. I mean, that's a new discovery, so we're just kind of figuring that out like so Michael Michael Jackson style or I know poor poo who poo else? never Whitney did anything Houston. wrong who is my favorite thing that's alive in this house and now he's short-lived notorious big yeah I want the people to line the streets to honor the poo oh poo all right anywho let's not bury him yet I mean so far so good eating drinking all good we actually just thought it was on an exercise regimen because we've been letting it roam around the neighborhood a little bit and that's why it lost weight and then we felt the big tumor so um <laughs> no cat's uh, got cancer I mean poo congratulations for you for your weight loss we're sorry it wasn't because we thought you were you know getting on the peloton when I wasn't well at least somebody's using it yeah so anyway um anywho so I get a call yesterday from a friend of mine Uh, He's been in and out of sobriety for a number of years now. I actually came through the Recovery House uh, rodeo with him Uh, at various points in time. He's been done quite well. And then, you know, unfortunately, as most people tend to do, there was a relapse or two. You get back on the horse, you get your shit back together. So anyways, he calls me yesterday because he knows that I am a garbage man slash realtor. And he says that he's got, you know, couple of weeks under his belt of of sobriety which I very quickly congratulated him for right if you got a day or 10 years I don't care yeah well it's better than continuing to use continuing that cycle but he reached out because he was looking for an apartment and I said to him very bluntly and I told him like I'm sure you don't want to hear this but my recommendation would be to get yourself into some sort of sober living scenario continue to rebuild that foundation and then call me in six months from now a year from now and let's revisit this conversation yeah chris and i have spoke to several times that we think a structured program fresh out of recovery is you know not the only way to go but really the preferable way i think it's it's definitely the more successful route 
I understand that it comes with its own challenges, like his rebuttals were, well, I don't want to, you know, live in an intake room with eight other guys, and I don't need to be on blackout for 30 days. I don't need to be having a curfew at my age, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, yeah, I, I agree with you. Except but, do you? Because you also picked up. So maybe that's exactly what you need. Oh, You also don't need to be dead. Right. That's the bottom line. Like, give yourself a fucking chance, you know? Yeah. And that's sort of, I mean, again, you know, Megan's going to talk about some stuff that happened uh, a week and a half ago or so, two weeks ago. Uh, so she already had this show's topic seated in her mind. But then I was also thinking, what's the rush? And I think that's a constant thing in the recovery slash sobriety world. I think for a lot of people, that's just a constant life theme, right? That's what I mean. Isn't it always about getting to the next thing, the next goal, the next achievement? Yeah, like you spend your teens dying to be 18. Mm -hmm. And then 19 and 20 dying to be 21. And then so on and so forth. And at some point in time, and I think it happened for me, Again, Megan will tell you it still hasn't happened. But more recently, you know, with Frankie around the house, I'm like, oh, my God, time, please just slow down. Yeah, literally stop. Right? Um, so I think that was a good gut check for me, right? Yeah, no, definitely. Because you know what? Sometimes I think when we're outside of a situation, we're good at giving advice, right? I've always been good at giving advice. I'm not always good at taking my own. Oh, of course. You know, or taking someone else's who can see the situation in a different way. Absolutely. And that's not a dig on Megan. I think that's everybody. Yeah, definitely. We're our own worst critic, but also, you know, we make allowances for ourselves. You know what I mean? In a sense, like, you know, this is okay, or I'll be okay doing this, or you know what I mean? That type of thing. Oh, I'll justify anything. Ah, uh, yeah. I, we'll get to that. So, exactly. Great transition, right? Why don't you tell the greater listening audience how I justified buying $17,000 worth of stock without your permission, consent, or knowledge? Yes. So I'm, I I already I, hit the button. I'm at work <laughs> last Friday, I guess. And um, so, you know, money is actually decent at this time. Chris is working two jobs. I'm working two jobs. Like, we work for every penny we have. That's for damn sure, right? Yeah, it comes in, it goes. Yeah. So it doesn't sit in our checking account. However, there was a chunk of it sitting in our checking account because, as we know, Chris's parents are moving down here. Mm -hmm. And because they're in Massachusetts, we actually made the check for their deposit and then they wired us the money. That's 100% illegal. I wish you wouldn't say things like that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So anyway... The, the, I Bernie made off the system. So anyway, the money came back to us. And so it was still sitting in the checking account because they're two separate banks before, you know, I don't even know how you magic it back there. We're not good at this thing. We've done this every time with the Zelle and the Venmo and we, we suck. Exactly how I got away with purchasing a large amount of stocks. So, and I also had gotten paid. It was my payday. So that's, you know, a decent chunk of change. And I already had in my mind the bills that all that was going to. And also this extra money was there that, you know, was not to be spent. And then, so Friday morning, PNC wakes me up. It's like, look at you. You're rich. You're going to have a good day. And I'm like, PNC, don't get your hopes up. That money's already spent have for mortgage and car payments and all that good stuff. Then I get to work. And the PNC says to me, your threshold is lower than your minimum of $100. And I'm like, <gasps> what? 
Now, I don't think I've been a victim of identity theft. I think that's where most people's minds would go, right? Three hours ago, I had almost $20,000. Today, I have, you know, three hours later, I have zero. No. I called Chris. What the fuck did you buy? (laughs) And put that money back. Are you out of your mind? And I go and check the other account because I think, oh, he figured out how to magic it back to the home equity. Nope, it's not there. It's nowhere. So he's like, oh, darling, I bought $17,000 worth of stock. My beautiful, lovely wife. Now, a week prior to this, Chris and I had just had this conversation because, you know, again, a little bit of extra money. Chris gets really excited. He pays things off, which is all great. That's what the plan is to do. But we need to have a consensus on where this money is going because, you know, if one hand doesn't know what the other one's doing, then all of a sudden it's actually gone. And it was Friday morning. Correct. So I'm furious. And I'm like, you put that money right back. Like, that's going to bills. There's bills coming out right now that are going to bounce. Are you out of your mind? He's like, well, send me a Venmo for the 2000 I'll put that back. And that way you can pay the bills. And I bought stock. Well, I am absolutely <laughs> I, furious. I fucking beg your pardon? Yeah. I was like, not okay. This is not okay. We will talk about this when I get home. So I'm like in an internal panic all day. Number one, this is on me. This is totally my fault in the sense that I like my money in a bank or in a traditional 401k. Where it's doing nothing. I am not a risk taker. Absolutely not. I need my hand held in order to make those kinds of decisions. And I, on the other hand, and this is sometimes for better, sometimes for worse, it's all of life is a gamble, right? I travel with my balls in a a wheelbarrow that Megan usually pushes next to me. (laughs) And sometimes that's good and sometimes that's really fucking bad. Like I am 100% the risk taker in this relationship. Yes. Uh, except you did say I do. I was just going to say, although some may think I took the biggest risk of all marrying you. Which I agree. True story. See, gamble. Some days it pays off. Some days it doesn't. So anyway, I'm kind of like, you know, seething about this. And I'm I'm in a, I'm like literally sweating at work. I believe that's menopause, darling. Like, I know. I don't even want to talk about that yet. But where is this money? How do we get it back? And now I know what he's bought the stock in. So now I'm on the freaking stock website, whatever it's called, hitting refresh every 10 minutes, watching us lose money by the second. I think 10 minutes was generous. Yeah, no, every 30, in between every single patient. Refresh, refresh, refresh. (laughs) Doing the calculations in my head. What's 5% of $17,000? You know, like there I am totally, and I bet he paid a fee on it. You know, Chris, he's not looking for the free shipping like I am. There's no shipping. (laughs) So anyway. It's not fucking Amazon. (laughs) So anyway, I get home and I'm still livid. I'm like, we need to talk about this. We cannot make decisions like this with out the other person's consent and i after being in recovery for a little over five years and marriage for three years and together with megan for four very generously said fuck you and then didn't talk to me for a good five days i'm taking my ball i'm taking my stock and i'm going home literally pout it and pout it and pout it we had plenty of time to record last weekend we didn't because chris was sitting in his own shit Well, that and you worked. 
I didn't. What did you do? I was off on Sunday. Oh. Yeah. What did I do? Well, you worked on Saturday for an excessive long time, and I know you weren't at work because then you went and bought more things. Well, yeah. When it rains, it pours. Because he's pity partying himself because he actually knew he was wrong. If I'm going to sit in the doghouse, if I'm going to be banished to the doghouse, then I'm going to fill that bitch with luxurious shit. And the problem is when Chris is wrong, he then does more wrong things. And he also continued to ignore me, except for hurling insults, because, you know, he likes to do that. Real good deep digs. Very good. And I said to him, it's because you're, and I sat, I sat on it. I, you know, still said I love you. I didn't fight back. I ignored his ignoring me. (laughs) And I remain completely calm because I've learned in this four and a half years or however long we've been doing this crazy, insane ride that Chris is going to try to pick and pick and silence me out and all this kind of stuff to make me lose my shit. So then he can be like, you're the crazy one. You are. And I was not going to be. So I sat in my resolve, but I think, you know, I I think what I'm mad about now and like we got over it. We had a great day yesterday, you know, uh, you know, he started talking to me, I think sometime around Thursday, you know, from the previous Friday. I'd say that's accurate. Um, And, you know, everything just went back to normal. And I think today I still have a problem with that. Is it normal that it just went back to normal? Yeah. No, I think that's the problem. Okay. You know, like I do think there needs to be conversations about this type of thing. Yeah, I agree. And I think the part that I was most upset about, like when in those five days when you were ignoring me and I wasn't going to let it rent space in my head, although it rented all the space, tons of rooms, a whole hotel, maybe a yacht full of space in my head. I said um, what I kept thinking is he's hurting the fucking team. And that's what pissed me off. Because this is a team, we say all the time, when we are in sync, we are the best team. But now he's buying other ancillary shit to hurt the team. He's not speaking to me or really the kids. He's hurting the team. And I think, you know, you think about it with addiction and stuff like that. And you think about it with people in active addiction. And what's really the difference? There isn't. Yeah. And just because you're not picking up doesn't mean... You know, you're not acting like a dry drunk. And I think, you know what I decided is that makes me even more mad than if you were just using. You know, it's one thing to be an active addiction, right? It's quite another to fucking know better. You've gone through these steps. You've worked Mm -hmm. a program, right? Yeah. So how dare you take this gift you've been given and not put it to daily use? I agree. So that's why I was pissed. But... As far as finances go, I mean, we live creative fine we live creative accounting every single month. <laughs> would you say? Define creative accounting. I'm transferring one from this to the other, paying this on this date versus that. And I think a lot of people are doing that. And, you know, my pop up McCabe, who you never met, who is the most kind, um, quiet, reserved, almost stern man. He said to my mom one time, and it totally caught her off guard when they were getting married, Valia, the two things people fight about in marriage are sex and money. My mom's still uncomfortable thinking that my pop-up said sex. But (laughs) I think that's very true. I would say that that's the the sort of genesis of a lot of 
issues in marriage, no? Yeah, because I think finances can be the biggest cause of stress in a marriage. Especially with this marriage. Yeah, and I think how you deal with it as a team, you know, however little or much you have, as long as you kind of pull yourselves up by your bootstraps together and deal with it, you get through it. Well, I think anything is insurmountable, right? Yeah. I think, you know, speaking about the amazing stock purchase that I made, I knew it was wrong. I knew it was wrong when I was doing it, but I just couldn't help myself. Yeah. Just like drugs. Yeah. I mean, I get that, I guess, but I guess I think that's not an okay thing. I can almost understand. It's not okay. Like, I can almost understand people being addicted to drugs. You know what I mean? It's the same rush. Right. So we both do this, right? So let's talk about how we spend money, how we've spent money previously, how we spend it now. I um, have had a great change over my life and how I viewed money. I was, I grew up privileged. I, you know, it's not like we were Bill Gates, but we had vacations. We had private school. We really had it. I never knew what it was like. Beach houses. Yeah. I never knew what it was like. You know, it, it wasn't where are you going to co- or it wasn't are you going to college? It's where my parents are paying the bill. Like I thought that was normal. I thought that's what everyone was given. Sure. And that's not your own fault. You didn't know any different. No, and I'm very grateful. My parents also made me work. Like, you know, they instilled great work ethic in this. I I have nothing bad to say about my parents. That's not where I was going. Yeah, I'm just saying I didn't know what it was like to need money. Um, And then I got married for the first time. Ah. And that was very much, I'm going to sound like a complete bitch when I say this, Mm. but it was very much about money. I was marrying the dream and it was the dream of a family too you know the husband the white picket fence the three kids the dog in the backyard um but I also knew it would be financed you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so I um was very into that and then during my marriage when things started to go very poorly and I was in such a bad mental place um when the drinking started maybe it even started before the drinking started I spent money without abandon. What do you mean? I would buy myself a new wardrobe every season. I had the finest shoes, clothes, purses. Things made me happy. Mm. I used things to fill like, you know, some of the void that was inside of me. But isn't that everybody? No, I don't think it is in well people. Okay. You know what I mean? Well, no, because I'm not well. Exactly. Let's use an external example. Okay. Do you have one to give? Well, I was thinking about my parents, but my mother buys couches like people buy underwear. Yeah. Uh, Dick is on his 17th car this year. Mm-hmm. So my side's not well. Right. I, I mean, no one's well, <laughs> per se, but like I just... <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I think that... If you work this program or any program, if you come to a state of peace, that's what I've decided it is now Mm. with whatever addiction, ailment, whatever it is that plagues you. If you come to a state of peace with that, then no, I don't think you need those external things to feed your empty. To a certain extent, yes. I'm sure you still slip into it. We all do it once in a while. Who doesn't like a good rush of something new and shiny? Or, you know. I work my ass off, so I deserve this. Sure. I got a promotion, so I deserve this. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, some of that is true and valid. Or is that just, again, you know, the the same bullshit excuse like I I don't want to use the wrong example here and and get the, the Internet all fired up. But I had a shitty upbringing or, you know, my parents abused me or and again I'm not trying to belittle that but isn't that sort of the same thing why you're using drugs and alcohol to cope versus sort of on the other end on the positive end I get a promotion I deserve this it's the same thing no yeah no I I agree with that I don't want to make it sound like I'm standing on a soapbox because obviously I am in the doghouse I'm just saying you know it's it's just an example because I could be the first one to be like, oh, well, I did X, Y, and Z. I deserve this. Yeah, and I think there is some some validity to that in a way. Like, we do work hard. We deserve to do nice things or give our children nice things. Like, I don't think that's wrong. No. I don't think we should feel guilty about that. Sure. I think it's things in excess or unnecessary things. Like $17,000 worth of a stock. Yeah. Or a heated floor in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I got divorced, money got very tight. And ah. then when I met Chris, it really got tight. It just disappeared. And um, I kind of changed my outlook on money. I became much more conservative than I ever was. I wouldn't define you as conservative, honey. We fucked on the first date. I'm talking about finances. Anyway, um... I became almost in the opposite sense, like cheap about like weird things. Mm. You know what I mean? Like whatever, but just cautious because, you know, someone has to be, and I knew Chris wasn't. So I was like, all right, I'll have to take the, you know, the reins on this one. The lead on that one, please. Yeah. But I also think that I don't need things to fill a void anymore, but I will notice myself still doing it. Of course. Um, in in a time of feeling lonely, sad, empty for any number of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I think that still rings true. You can, you know, quelch it to a certain extent, but not all the way. Although when you made the stock purchase, I actually thought we were in a fantastic place. So, but the truth is it wasn't actually about me. It was about the personal stressors, I think, going on and, your own life with your parents moving and stuff like that. Don't put that shit on me. No, it is on you. And I'm a totally alcoholic because I'm thinking it's about me. How could he have done this when we were so wonderful? We... I'm the only outside factor that affects his life because his whole world revolves around me. <laughs> Feel better? Yeah. Okay, good. And my world does revolve around you, honey. <laughs> Except in the solar system, like I am the sun, Frankie's the earth. And you're like, I don't know, fucking planet number nine. I was going to say, that one that went away. Yeah. Oh, Aaron. Oh. I like how we always get to throw Aaron in there. Mm. Okay. Like it or not. Yeah. So uh, I think our financial struggle struggles, A, come from, there was a period of time where our income was much lower. I was kind of the only one working for a little bit of time. Um, Uh, For a long time. Yeah. So now that's changed. So our finances have definitely changed. But when you come from that situation, you're playing catch up. Yeah. And we were, we've talked about this before, not in a financial sense, but just in a sort of big life picture sense. We started very much behind the ball. Definitely. Like when Megan and I first 
started dating. We were actually, funny story. So we went to this restaurant called Park down in Rittenhouse in Philadelphia, which is just a lovely upscale, upper-class neighborhood. The restaurant is fantastic, great food. We since, you know, go there and, and dine there and, and pay our bill. But the first time that Megan and I went there, we ordered coffee and the free bread because that is quite literally combined what we could afford. Yeah. You know? We really, that summer was hard. I walked away with my marriage, from my marriage with not a penny in my pocket. I don't get a salary over the summer. Mm-hmm. I waited tables. Yeah. I was a waitress to try to feed my son, you know? So, and Chris was paying an exorbitant amount of rent to a recovery house that, you know, saved his life. So Which we're all is, on board. Yeah. Like it or not, probably one of the the very few reasons why I'm here right now. Yeah, and definitely. a little shimmer of, of love from the my higher power, if you will. Anywho. Yeah. You know, but we started, uh, no shit, probably about six figures in the hole. Yeah. Between your divorce, the debt that you had. The lawyers from that. The debt. From my DUI. Yeah. The debt that I had. Yeah. We were combined at least a hundred grand in the hole. We were, and we crawled ourselves out tooth and nail. Yes. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot to be said for that. Now, the one thing though, that we is in our control, right? Cause it's not always in your control. If you lose a job, if you know, whatever, um, is our communication about it. That's a hundred percent in our control. And that's something, although we've, you know, conquered our quote unquote financial issues in a sense, we've never been able to conquer that. The communication piece? Yeah. I would say I have never been able to conquer that. I am not necessarily a good communicator with Megan when it comes to hard things. Like I can break hearts and maybe that's a little bit drastic, but I can deliver bad news to a client. I can tell them, you know, we need to shift things in a different direction because this, that, and the other thing has happened. I still struggle to talk to Megan, not really about difficult things, because we do have conversations, interestingly enough, off microphone, that do involve some very difficult things and some real hard life decisions that we have to make. But I still struggle. I don't know if it's finances. I don't know exactly what it is. But I definitely still struggle when it comes to talking about... I, I don't I just want to say like certain things with you. Yeah. I understand. I do too. I mean, I definitely do. I can talk about some things with you. I know I can trust you, but there's some things that I still keep close to the vest, of course. Sure. I and I was trying to figure out like what it was. You know, what you know, I'm always looking at kind of like the hot, the bigger meaning, right? Because when we talk about drinking and you know, we we're both sober now. Um, you know, why you drank, like we drank because we're alcoholics, right? But there's so much more to that. And it's getting to the bottom of all of that and moving past it mm-hmm. that keeps you sober, right? Right. So, you know, when he was doing this and spending this money and then, you know, pouting about it for five days, you know, I was thinking like, you know, Chris went through, you know, we've talked about this, you know, a decade where he didn't pay taxes. There was probably a good, your entire years of using most of that time money was an issue and is seeing that extra money in a bank account a trigger for you a high for you uh 
you don't know how to handle it. You know what I mean? Does that play a role at all? I would say, yeah, deep down inside. I'm, I'm sure there's some financial insecurities there, if you will. Um, I also, again, and this is where it, my insanely large balls can tend to get in the way sometimes. I will take that risk and just roll with it and deal with the consequences afterwards. Yeah. Like I will hit the fucking button and then the cards fall as they may. Which is which is fine if you're, you know, a, a single person, a 22 year old single man. It's not fine when there's mouths and in, in people that depend on you. Right. You know, and then I get into my own shit because I'm like, oh, fucking Megan's a bitch. Yeah. Why can't you realize it's a good thing? Well, it's not. It actually wasn't. I lost a little bit of cash. Yep. It's no more than a month's car payment for you. Sure. My car's paid for. Yeah. See, here I go again. Looking at Range Rovers that we don't need. We do need. I know. I actually said I think your car's too small too, but that's unfortunate. It's a good thing you're a small man. Which is where your communication will bite you in the ass because that immediately opened the door. Um. Okay. No. Green light. That's how we got the dog. <laughs> Green light. <laughs> <laughs> Shit we don't need. Uh, green light. Yeah, exactly. So we need to get better. We have the potential to actually, you know, we make a good living. We have the potential to actually still see some of it at the end of the week, every week. Um, but Not at the end of the year, though. I just did our taxes, and that's ooh, painful. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. That's okay. Yeah, we're going to get through that, too. I am happy to go to work every day and pick up trash and sell a couple of houses so that other people can buy Nikes and sit on their fucking asses. Welcome to America. Yeah. Um, but I think... Megan does not agree with the previous statement. Well, and then I thought about that, too. Like, was it trying you trying to buck the system, right? Like, you do our taxes. You Fucking see A, right. the O about this amount of money, right? And, all right, well, let me roll the dice, double my money, and then, you know, I don't really owe anything. I, You know, I've made it back. You know, we're all more of a... Let's just pay what we owe without taking a risk. It's like lottery tickets. You know, when it's 400 million or whatever, I buy one. You know, I'm not one that's going to go buy the lottery ticket every day because you're wasting $5 a day on lottery tickets. Put it in an envelope. You'll have it for later. Can't win if you don't play. I know. I don't feel that way. I'd rather just not play. All right. That's fair. I would like to say that that is part of the reason. Uh, yes, that did go through my mind. Like, hey, if we can stack another 1500 bucks out of this, I'll be happy. I'll cash it out. We'll walk away. I think the uh, majority of the listening audience knows that I am not that smart. Well, and I think that was the other thing that bothered me too, right? Like, I could get on board with buying stock with some of this money because I, I agree. Like, you know, it isn't doing anything where it's doing. But I'm also like a big, okay, well, let's do the research behind it. Let's read the articles. Let's look at the trends. Like, I would need to be slow walked into that decision. Yeah. And I am, again, for better or worse, I'm like, well... The stock market is, for lack of a better term, a legal casino. Yes. Yeah, you can do your research. Uh, Warren Buffett did it. He's obviously done well. I'd also like to say that a majority of it is just a roll of the fucking dice. Yeah, definitely. And I, when I'm saying I could have been slow walked into it, it would have definitely not been for that amount of money. And this goes back to my previous question. What is the rush? Megan likes to slow walk things. 
I like to just hit the fucking button. And I think there's probably a happy medium in between that we need to find. Which, if I was a better communicator, we would be having a much different conversation in Ibiza right now. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, but you won't because you're a pussy. Mm. Yep, that's also true. I'm okay. I'm kind of proud of that. Is that wrong? No, not at all. I'm actually proud of that. I'm proud of being not a risk taker. And I know that sounds silly, but, you know, I took risks for so long with my own life, with the life of loved ones, with the life of strangers even, you know, that I'm really happy to not take any risks today. And I still, for better or worse, need a bit of a rush every now and then. That's why we balance each other out, I guess. Maybe I'll just join the rodeo. Yeah. You think I make a good cowboy? Um, I do actually, in a sense. I don't know. It's a lot of manual labor. And not that you can't manual labor. You can. I'm not I've opposed to it. Yeah, it's dirty though. I'd just rather be the head of the ranch. Yeah, exactly. You'd rather order around the other ranchers. Yes. All right. Well, maybe ranching's out. <laughs> do you have anything else to say on the topic, honey? No, honey, I'm so sorry I fucked up. That's okay. I mean, I'm over it. I just, we need to... That was just an empty apology. I know, it normally is. He's okay. a not one to apologize. Yeah. Which is fine. I will apologize on my deathbed. I think I actually don't even care that much when about an late. actual Shocking. apology. I'm more of a change the behavior. I can't guarantee that. I know. Could you try? See, I did it again. I know. Could you try? No, we need a new dog. (laughs) No new dogs. (laughs) I swear to God, no new dogs. We're planning on buying a new house in about two years. And every day when I get home, I keep thinking, is this still my address or did Chris buy a house today? You never know. You never know. And part of that keeps me on my toes and is one of the reasons why I love him. And then part of it, you know, shakes me to my core. Yeah. Fear every day. Keeps you crying in the shower. (laughs) Welcome to the ride, baby. Yeah, it's been a ride. That's for damn sure. It sure has. Well, Valentine's Day is coming up. How do you feel about Valentine's Day? I feel like I've done exceptionally well this year, darling. Did you? I did. Is there a Valentine's Day gift? There always is. There's never actually been. Not one time. No, there has. I don't recall it. I, I mean, it's usually some sort of organic material that ends up in your hair. Mm. I got the kids gifts. I didn't really get you anything. Fucking worst wife ever. I know. I'm normally good at gift giving, but I like kind of forgot. And then I realized it's actually Tuesday. I was like, oh, fuck. Mm. I don't have time for that. It's a good thing you bought yourself all those presents last week when you were sulking. See? Happy Valentine's Day to you, honey. Always. Yes. It is always about me. Valentine's Day is stupid. You're such like a, a curmudgeon when I'm it comes to love. Curmudge- oh, that's so not true. I think I'm a romantic. Not really. We're neither of us are romantics. No. I, I, you know what annoys me about Valentine's Day? It's so overdone. This weekend I said to Chris, why don't we see if we can get a babysitter and like go out and do something nice? And we were all on board. And then I was like, oh, fuck that. It's Valentine's Day. Everyone's going to be out trying to do something nice. Restaurants are going to be packed. Like, who wants to do that? I'd rather go on another random weekend. And that is exactly what we did because I do what my wife wants. (laughs) Except when it comes to the New York Stock Exchange. (laughs) We are not day traders. I don't know if you know that. I don't have time to trade during the day. (laughs) No, it was like a 3 a.m. purchase, I think. 
under the radar. <laughs> oh my god! Smart. Yeah. Anywho, you got anything else over there? No, I don't. Finances suck. <laughs> Try to be on the same page with your partner. Husbands suck. Husbands suck. The price of eggs is outrageous. Fuck milk. Let's get chickens. Really? Yeah. Not yet, though. We can't have them in the townhouse. No livestock. Remember, we looked. Again. In two years. <laughs> Again, I feel like there's always a loophole. My mom came over today to use our slicer. Why, do you ask? Do we have an industrial size slicer? But we do. And um, she looks out the door and she's like, oh, the koi pond is gone. Which I'm going to stop you right there. So, yes, we do have a fucking industrial meat slicer here. Shockingly, that I didn't purchase or ask for. No, I got it for you for your birthday one year. You like meat. You like slicing things. I figured it would be a good gift. You like meat. I didn't get you a slicer. I know. I could just see you. Like, it's such like a, I was watching my mom do it, and my mom sliced meat for a long time because her father owned a butcher shop. Mm. It was almost very graceful to watch. Like, she knows her way around the slicer. Like, she's a ballerina of the meat. Yes. I was quite impressed. I think you were, too. Of course I was. Yeah. I kiss Mimi's ass all day. We should use that slicer more often, though. We really should. Because it was really, it worked well. Speaking of finances, you buy, what, $16, $16 a pound turkey breast? No, now that I've got my new hookup at the BJ's. We just buy a whole fucking turkey. I know, but the BJ's now, it's so much cheaper. I do my Sunday afternoon order pickup. I go and pick up my lunch meat. The pepper turkey breast, the one that I like... Mm. Was seven forty nine a pound there last week. It's twelve fifty at the grocery store a pound. I don't eat lunch. I know, but some of us do. Well, I guess Newport's more expensive than lunch meat. Yeah, exactly. Oops. But I don't know. Tough comparison there. <laughs> it is. Anyways, slow it down. Save your money. Don't buy stocks. I mean, you can buy them if you know. Just talk to your loved one first. Yeah. <laughs> It's overrated. Do you think that's true, though, in all marriages, Chris? Like one person does the finances. I, I, not always true, but I think in a lot of marriages, there's one of the partners that doesn't know what's going on. Uh, I think in this marriage, 100%. I think if we talk about our parents, uh, you know, I know my mom, my mother and my stepfather, like they are very open and honest about the finances. Mm -hmm. One hand always knows what the other is doing. Yes. Uh, Dick and Jude, well, I think, are more like you and I. Uh, Dick has the fuck it mentality. Mm -hmm. uh, your parents, I would say, are probably very open and honest and have those discussions before, not after. My parents also actually have a spreadsheet. And like anytime you get gas, you go home and plug it in. They reconcile their checkbook every single month and i'm talking every debit is accounted for jesus i know that's a lot of work i don't want to do that that's why they have a beach house yeah i'm like i don't know where that went like you know they talk about like identity theft stuff like i wouldn't notice something missing you notice 17 grand missing i noticed that yeah i did there was a package that was supposed to be delivered here Reconcile on thursday that shit. a birthday gift for my niece and i just realized that it didn't come and let me tell you how that's gonna go I'll call J. Crew one day this week and see if they'll replace it. If not, I'm going to go back to my card and reorder it and move on. Can I reorder the stock? No. You've been cut off. So why do you get to do shit? Because I don't, like, I, that's such red tape to sit through. And who am I calling? USPS? I, it just seems like a pain in the ass. 
What an amazing life you live that you can just drop another 200 bucks on J. Crew. It was only like 96, so I think that's okay. Oh, it was only a hundred dollars. <laughs> I it wasn't even for me, it was a gift. I'm so pissed. It said it came on Thursday, it did not come. Unbelievable. Yeah, I gotta go buy stock. Say good night, darling. Good night. I'm Megan and I'm an alcoholic. Go birds. Bird dog? No. I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. Cut off your pets' privates. And please, if you are struggling in any way, put your hand up, reach out, ask for help. So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com.